test, test, test. But if I do, everybody's going to leave. They're going to all leave. <laughs> okay, am I high enough? Can anybody hear me? Turn me up. Uh, that may be good. I don't know. All right. Okay. A uh, little old regular announcements tonight. I'm not making them again. Uh, men's breakfast, uh, men's Bible study, heart to heart. Uh, that stuff is in the bulletin. And read it. If you can't read it, catch me outside after church, and I'll read it to you. No problem. So, uh, <clears throat> but, okay, I'm going to remind everybody that our preacher will be here on the 9th. Pray for him every day and for us that we will be ready and prepared for when he gets here to jump up and catch on fire. So just keep that in mind. Um, He's got a lot of stuff to do between now and then, like say goodbye to all of his friends and everything up there. He's been there for seven years, so it's probably going to be a sad day for him, but I, for one, will be tickled to death to get him down here. <laughs> so let's just, uh, absolutely. Okay, um, the thing I really want to tell you about tonight is, two or three of them, I guess. One is, don't forget that we're working on the parsonage this week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 o'clock. If you can drive a nail... You can sit around and, and, and order everybody else around what to do, or if you can drive a fence post, or if you can string chain link fence, come on out and help us. We're looking for help. But if you can't, that's okay too. Um, what I really, really want to tell you tonight is that this service tonight is dedicated to our youth. And it's not no small feat that we even have youth. We haven't had a pastor for months. So where's Kim? Kim, stand up. Come on. Hey, listen. I'm going to tell you, this lady and her husband have done not just a great job. They've done a marvelous job. Starting with, noth starting with nothing. In, uh, it's not up there. And, and taking that crew that's going to be on a picture to, to youth camp. She volunteers her time for the youth, and she volunteers her time for children's church. So, I mean... To me, that puts her right on my A number one list for volunteers. <laughs> so whenever you pass by, be sure and thank them because they are, like I said, without them, we would have no youth. We would have no children's church. And everybody knows we need both and more of it. And right now, this is our great white hope right here. As they say, yeah, Kim, you're doing a great job. And you may, you may sit over and shake your head, but Clint's going to punch you and say, yeah, you are. And we know you are. So just admit to it and do it. Okay. Um, we're not going to take offering tonight. So what I'm really going to do is, am I going to turn this over to you? or to, Huh? Okay. All right. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to turn it over to Julie, and then whatever they've got going with uh, Kim and Clint, we're going to sit here and enjoy your bit of it. <laughs> Lord, thank you for this chance to gather in your name. And Lord, we thank you, Heavenly Father, for Kim and for Clint and for the great job that they do with the youth and for the youth that we have and the children's church that we have, Lord. Lord, we pray that you'll continue to bless them. And as we wait on our new pastor, Lord, that things will get even better every Sunday. And then when he gets here, Heavenly Father, that we will not just be a light, but we will be a beacon on the hill for others to see and to come and see what we have, Heavenly Father. 
I pray for these people that are here tonight. Keep them safe. Keep them well, Heavenly Father. I pray that they will walk in your will and seek your wisdom in all that they do. In Christ's precious name, amen. Amen. We're going to worship tonight. So if y'all go ahead and get on your feet.
surrounds me, I can't get away. Yes, we can't get away, Lord. Oh, you love us, Lord. You love us, Lord. Oh, you can't get away, God. Go to the chorus one more time.
Cause there is nothing 
turn it over to Kim and the youth. Y'all give her another hand. She deserves it. She comes in here sometimes, and she's running in so many places. <laughs> Well, first of all, uh, we had a great few days at youth camp. The, the words I thought I would never say again is I had a great time at youth camp. But I'm so thankful for our teenagers. Um, they're really awesome kids, and I'm so thankful that that's our faithful crew. I mean, we got two that's missing tonight, that's, but they're our faithful crew. Every single Wednesday night, they're down in the youth building. And I can honestly see how God's starting to move in their life, and it's really exciting to see that. And when we was at camp, um, it was just really, it was good. It was really good. It was good because you could see that they bond together. They all get along. We had no drama, which is great. When you have girls, there's usually drama. We had no drama, and they're just awesome kids, and I'm so proud of them. And first of all, I'd also like to thank you guys for always supporting the youth because of you guys supporting the fundraisers. Uh, most of us only had to pay like $40 to go to camp and it is really expensive now. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your support and I'm thankful for that. And we have a video that we're gonna watch over camp. Then I'll get the kids to do what? We'll have a video. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you're working on it. Okay, so you're telling me to talk more is what you're saying. I didn't clue in, did I? First of all, Natalie, she is not here tonight, Natalie Bryant. And I said, okay, at least text me some things of what you felt like happened at camp. What was your favorite part? And, you know, we've always heard them set up around here, and most of them say the games, or they say the food, they say the, you know, you hear all kinds of things, what's their favorite part is. Natalie says her favorite part of camp was growing closer to God and helping her regain her faith and meeting new people. Uh, and I'm so proud of her for that. I'm so thankful that she sees that she was drawing closer to God and he was drawing closer to her. And I really think in this group, even though it's a small group, I can honestly see where God's really starting to move in their lives. And there's one particular kid that I had actually said that, oh man, this person is really seeking God. And John, uh, we were talking with his home. He said, mom, you know what? And I said, what? He goes, you know who I think's really seeking God? I said, who? And he said, the same exact kid as I do. But I'm so thankful that we're seeing that. I'm seeing God move, and I, I believe it's just the beginning. And I think he just wants to use them in a mighty way. And, okay, Wyatt, he's another kid that is not here tonight. Uh, Natalie actually is on her way to Washington, D.C. with FFA. So that's where she is. Wyatt had to be in Oklahoma City for some martial arts thing. He does martial arts. And I asked him, I said, okay, Wyatt, Think of something. What is your favorite part of camp? And I'm waiting on, you know, he's a guy. He's competitive. And I'm thinking on him. I'm thinking he's about to tell me his most favorite game. And this is what he says. He says, worship. I was like, okay, worship. And I said, well, why is that? He said, because it just made me feel like I was growing closer to God the more I worshiped. And I'm like, you know, thank you, God. Thank you. Because that's just God and that's the spirit moving in him and stirring his heart. And like I said, I can see it in all of them. Uh, camp is a little different. They do have short camps now, and they have 
all week long camps, and thank God Chasen had signed us up for the short camp. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And the first prayer that was actually answered was, I said, God, please let there be some young thing in that room with me. Please, God, let a 30-year-old be in the dorms with me so I will not be the old lady trying to make 14 girls be quiet. And guess what? She was so awesome. Her name was Linda, and she loved God, and her husband was a part of the worship team at camp, and our girls just meshed with them, and it was just really awesome. And it was great to have John there because him and White was mixed in with a cabin from Bartlesville, if I'm thinking right. And in that behalf, um, there was an older man that was with him, so I can almost bet that guy was praying, please, God, let some young kid be in this room with me. So, but, you know, God's faithful. And uh, whenever, okay, camp has changed. Whenever you start looking at the video, you're going to see, I took a picture of the splash pad, because since I've been there, they've put a splash pad uh, the last time I went was kids camp, of course. The last youth camp I went to was Turner Falls. So that's been a long time ago. I've been to kids camp, and they had a big old slab. Well, now there's this wonderful gym there, and it is absolutely beautiful. The facilities we have, we're so blessed and we're so fortunate. And it's just so wonderful to go to camp and be a counselor and have your own room with, your, with your, the other adult in the room instead of having to share with the kids. We had our own bathrooms and that's a, that's a good thing, you know, because you might need that five minutes of deep breaths. And that's a, that's a great, place to, great place to do it. But um, you'll see, like I said, you'll see the gym. That's the building that's in one of the pictures, and you'll see the splash pad. Um, and uh, one thing I wanted to say, I don't know if I should wait when the kids are talking to talk, but I guess I'll go ahead and tell y'all. Uh, camp is set up a little different. Uh, used to, when I went 100 years ago, they had one speaker for the whole entire week. Well, now uh, they have different evangelists each night that comes in. And I found that really interesting because, you know, I kind of, I'm a little bit older, so this time I kind of just sat back and I just kind of watched. I watched a lot. I watched because I wanted to see what it was all about. I wanted to see how much freedom is at our camp or if it was just programmed out. Because truthfully, I had went to a convergence several years ago, and it was very programmed out, and the spirit was not allowed to flow because they were so busy going to the next thing. And I was real excited to see what this was going to bring. And guess what? Uh, the spirit flew. Um, it just flowed. Flew. Lord help me. It just flowed, and it was really cool because... I even told the district youth director how thankful that I really feel like our youth department is in good hands because he just encouraged it to flow, and he encouraged us to seek God. And I was so thankful to see that because, you know, you really just honestly never know what you're going to find, you know. Okay, so whenever we were there, uh, there was three different nights. We heard three different sermons. Uh, the first night was, of course, your salvation. You know, they always had the salvation message first. And then always on Thursday when you have a week-long camp, that's always Holy Spirit night, you know. Uh, so the first night was a salvation message. The second night, this man, and I noticed one thing I did notice during the salvation the first night, there was a lot of kids that was really disrespectful. Uh, they would be like screaming and just hollering, and it was like times that really it shouldn't have been. They were just over-exaggerating 
being loud, and no, they were not our kids. I will go ahead and say that. But anyhow, and I thought, wow, that's interesting, because even adults was turning around looking at them, and it was just one group of kids. Okay, the following night, which is Monday, it is the second night that we're going to hear a sermon. This guy, he was crazy awesome. He's from Africa. Don't even ask me his name. Reward something. I can even pronounce his last name if I want to. But he comes in, and man, when he got up there, it, first of all, the worship was awesome. It was just great. It was just really good. And even the worship leader, he slowed things down and made us think about what we were worshiping or, you know, who we were worshiping. And it wasn't just a hype thing. And I love to see that. That was awesome that it wasn't just all hype and let's go crazy. It was, yeah, he really slowed it down. And then once uh, this pastor gets up there from Africa, and he's young, he's a young guy, um, he tells them automatically, he says, if I see you talking, I will call you out from the platform. And I'm like, woohoo, yeah, that is what I want to hear. That is awesome. That is what I want, right? That's great. That's old school is what that is. And I was like, that is great. Well, he goes on. I just lost my glasses. He goes on, and when he's preaching, it was really crazy because it was like the spirit was so strong. And we actually was four seats back from the front on that night. And it was like you could just feel God's presence so strong. Like I just kept praying and praying and praying when he was preaching. And um, it was just the authority in Christ that that man took. I mean, it was just unreal. Because I'll be honest, when I went, I didn't think I would see that truthfully. Because I'd already seen stuff in the past that I thought, ooh. What are we going to see? But boy, that guy, he just said, I've got a message from God. And let me tell you, he did. It was just awesome. And you could feel the spirit. And some of the things that he uh, spoke about was he said he was talking about everybody has their agenda and how loud everybody's yelling their agenda, but that God has called us to be holy and separated from the world. And he's also called us. It's time for us to stand up and speak his agenda. Yeah. Man, it was so good, guys. It was so good. And whenever, um, after he preached, he made the altar call, and kids, just tons of kids, flooded down to the front, and um, they were praying. We had two of our girls had went down to the front to pray. And honestly, I don't even know where they went, because so many kids was coming. I, I couldn't tell. I just knew they took off to the left. And I was just praying for my seat for them. I just thought, you know, God, you know right where they're at. And I was praying. And then I really felt like God was telling me I need to go find them. So I started stepping over kids until I gradually found them. And uh, I was praying with them. And I was praying in uh, my prayer language over them. And about that time, uh, God really directed my attention to this little girl that was to my left. And... And I even hate to admit this, but this is what I did. I ignored him because I thought, God, you know, she's praying. She's doing all right. Surely her youth leader is here somewhere. Surely he's going to be praying for her. These are my two responsibilities. The minute I said that, guess what? Little Miss Thing right there, Audrey, put her hand on that kid and started praying. And I am so thankful that she even, I don't know, she was obedient to the Spirit. And I know, had that happened a long time ago with me, with one of our teens, and you'd think I'd learn my lesson, but I didn't. But anyway, but at that point, I was like, okay, God, I know that's you, and I know this is you, and I am listening. I am listening. So um, 
we just started praying over kids, and God would just like, it's like a kid would just stand out, and I just, sometimes he would tell me to go lay my hand on them, and sometimes it was like he wanted me just to stand back and stretch out my hand, and I'll be honest, I was so tunnel visioned on whoever God was telling me to pray for, I don't even know what everybody else was doing, I don't even know, you know, it's just, and we just, I was just praying for different kids, and then I was standing back at my chair one time, and I was still, I was speaking in tongues, and I was just praising God, and all of a sudden, there's this kid, like literally, her face is right here, and she actually took me back, because when I looked over, she startled me, because I thought, my goodness, that's my personal, personal space, you're in there, and she was just looking at me, smiling, and I thought, okay, this is, this is weird, this is freaky, and then uh, she said, I've never heard nobody speak in tongues before, and I was like, oh my goodness, you're like at a Pentecostal camp, which means you go to an Assembly God church, and you've never heard nobody speak in tongues, that, I'm just going to be honest, that broke my heart, I'll tell you, it really did break my heart, because I thought, wow, you know, how can that be, how, what happened there, what's going on there, and then um, we went on, well, I just explained to her that it's the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and God can use you that way, and it can happen at home, it can happen here, that you just need to seek him and ask him for the gift. I said, it's that simple, and she said, well, it's just so beautiful, and I just kept on praying, then I was like, okay, we're good. Well, I was, there was one little girl that, at this time, I'm pretty for sure the altars were starting to be empty, but like I said, I kind of had tunnel vision, and I was really, I mean, that kid had my heart, I was really praying for her, and she was just really seeking God, and about that time, I looked over, and there was another person right by my side. And I'm telling you guys, like, his face was right here. And I'm like, what in the world? And it was a man. Um, well, he was like 30-something. He was, he was young. But he was just sitting there smiling at me, and I'm just looking at him. I'm like, okay, this is really creepy again. And I just, just kind of smile. I'm like, how are, how are you doing? You know, it's like, and I said, he goes, hey, thank you for praying with them. And I said, oh, some of them were your kids, weren't they? Were some of them your kids? Because I thought, oh, that makes sense. You know, he's praying with other kids, and he's telling me thank you. He goes, no, I was playing the guitar in the worship band. And I was like, what? And I, I mean, it was just really weird because I'm like, all these things is just like, I don't know, guys. It was just crazy how God was just there, and he was, he was, he was just like bringing people to my awareness that – it was kind of like, I don't know, it just, I guess it kind of floored me a little bit because I thought, why did he say thank you to me? Was there not other people up here praying for kids? I mean, I don't know because like I said, I was in my own world, so I don't know what was going on. But one thing I do know is, uh, let me get back to my notes because now I'm way out there. Hang on. Um, Oh, we also had, during that altar call, there was tongues and interpretation. John actually told me afterwards that that was the first time ever that he'd been in youth camp and heard tongues and interpretation. So I'm thinking, if kids, if there's kids that's never even heard of speaking in tongues, they probably hadn't heard of tongues and interpretation. The, whoever was on the platform actually explained it good when it happened, and I was so thankful for that. And that all comes down from our leadership. And I'm so thankful for our, our leadership in the state of Oklahoma. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, 
But when that preacher was preaching, he also talked about um, 15% of the Gen Z people, kid, I mean, generation, Generation Z, they go to church, only 15%. And I thought, man, 15%? And then I start thinking, man, where did I mess up? What, what did my generation do? And I'll tell you what I think happened here. I think that we were all involved in the programs and the hype, and, the, and we just missed, we missed it. I really think so, because that little girl that was with me that was a counselor, she's a youth leader. She's a youth pastor at her church. She's never been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, what? And I mean, I just, I don't know. It's like God's just really been dealing with me about that, because I thought, what has happened between point A and point B? What, what has happened? And now the third night we had a minister, and he was all about the hype. I mean, there was kids, they were on each other's shoulders yelling and acting crazy. And I was just thinking about the differences in the sermons, the different sermons. I don't know. It's just sometimes I kind of wonder if my generation did not be obedient to God like maybe we should have. Because when did hype become such an important thing in church? Because it's nothing to do with the hype. Because I would take the Holy Spirit any day. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that's going to change any of our lives. The hype is never going to do nothing, but it's an emotional ride. And I'm okay with not being on that ride. I'll be honest. You know, it's not about the hype. It's about, it's about the message. It's about God. And uh, I guess my heart is, is that we... I'm asking you guys and myself to fill in the gap for those youth leaders that's not filled with the Holy Spirit, for those evangelists that feel like they need to do the hot thing and tell stories about, he told a story about him going to the bathroom and his Nana coming in the bathroom giving him toilet paper. And it was a funny story, but I'm thinking, I don't get it. What do, I mean, what are we doing here? What is going on? Because we had last night, you know, we had one night and then the next night. And that's the final night. That's supposed to be Holy Spirit night. And I'm thinking, God's setting us up. Well, I don't know. But the point is, is we just really need to be interceding and we need to be in prayer for, for that generation that's underneath me. I don't even know what they are. The millenniums, is that what they are? Whatever they are. But anyhow, we just really need to be praying that God opens their eyes and opens their heart and that they'll be led by the Spirit and they'll be used by God so he can do mighty things. Because I will tell you something I do see in this generation. There is a hunger there. There's a hunger there. There's a hunger there for more, for the real thing. They, they've seen the shows. I mean, we even had the smoke when we come in one night, and I'm like, really? Come on, the smoke? I said, I remember whenever I seen a fog of the Holy Spirit in a sanctuary once. And, you know, that's right what we need to get back to. And I just feel like us, as a congregation, what we can do is we can fill in the gap in prayer that God would open those people's hearts and, and that they would just, that they would change from the inside out and that he would just use them in a mighty way, you know? But, okay, that's, that's about all I got to say, guys. That's what, and it was, camp was awesome. They did good. And, okay, it's y'all's turn now. Y'all come. Oh, the video. That's right. Good job.
let me tell you, that tire wars thing is crazy. Those high school boys, oh my goodness, no wonder John broke his leg last year. I mean, like, they go full force nuts, and uh, they let the RAs and the counselors do a game against each other, and me and that little blonde-headed girl that you've seen in the picture, she come up to try to grab my tire, and I looked at her, and I said, listen to me, little blondie. I am 50 years old. Are you really going to take this tire from me? It was great. It was the best thing about being 50. I got to use my 50 card twice. So I got two tires because I am old. It was great. Okay, guys, come on. If you went to camp. Most of you know me. Um, camp, usually, I really love camp. I've always loved camp, but camp this year was a lot different than my past camps. Usually, there's a complete God aspect, of course. Like, of course, there's a worshiping God and the service, and they're usually really good, but games and stuff are usually the highlight. But this year, camp was completely different for me. I loved the games. I had so much fun, but the God aspect this year was just, it was almost, I don't want to say overwhelming, but like there was so much of it, you could just feel his presence everywhere you went, which I thought was kind of cool. And like mom said earlier, that's the first time I've ever heard like uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues at camp, which I thought was crazy because I was like, oh, that never happens at camp. And it's crazy because like I finally saw like how much God can move anywhere, you know? It doesn't just have to be here or in a church. It can be a camp or wherever. I thought that was really cool. But my favorite part of camp was definitely worship and services and the food. <laughs> Hello, I'm Audrey. Um, so last year when I went to camp, it was cool, but I think, I think this time, um, the people were amazing, like the students. I met a lot of people that I really hope I get to see again someday because like it, even our roommates that we had, they were so sweet, they were so welcoming and uh, they talked to us and it was just so, <laughs> so amazing. And then um, earlier, okay, so on the second day when I had done the, or when I had um, went to the altar call, um, I had witnessed most times whenever, I don't, I have to remember what I was saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I saw that no matter who you are, you have a chance to, I have to read the paper I had. <laughs> I know, I know. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> to accept Jesus. Yeah, it was, it, people, I don't get to see a lot of people who, like no matter who you are you can return to Jesus you can you can search for him and I saw that very well um, those nights because there were all types of people there and none of them were none of them were turned away and that's just amazing to me um, my name's Cadence uh, I just moved here from Texas and through the move, I really lost my religion for a while. It was really hard for me because not only did I lose all of my friends or what I thought were friends, but I also lost my church and my youth group. And it was really hard for me. And I just 
completely convinced myself God wasn't real. But through camp, it really just revived my religion and helped me to get closer to God again. Uh, well, one of the pictures, sadly we didn't get a picture of um, in worship time because, well, we were worshiping and we didn't want to bother anything. But my favorite part of camp was definitely, um, especially, she remember she was talking about the worship leader, how he would slow things down to get rid of the hype in the situations. And he would say, remember, we're doing this for Jesus. That was a big thing. And um, my favorite part was in those moments, you could look out and you'd see 800 kids. All he would say, pause, we're just gonna, we're, we're not gonna sing a song, this is all on your own. This is all your own praise, all your own worship. And just hearing kids worship God. 800 kids worship God. Where it, it's so powerful and the presence is moving so heavily in that room, especially with the second night. And, and that one thing with the, with the interpretation, tongues and interpretation, always for me as a kid, I heard it here. Heard it here. I didn't hear it anywhere, anywhere else. So I was thinking, well, it probably happens only in like smaller groups. Maybe like, okay, that makes sense. But I never, I've always wondered how, that's why it doesn't happen at camp, I guess. Because it's a whole big group. How would you hear? How would you hear the person giving out the, t the tongues? And the hush in that room. Everyone was worshiping. Everyone was praising God. There was music, everything. Gone. Silent. And, those t and she started speaking in tongues, and you could hear it throughout the whole room. She wasn't by us. She was on the other side. And you could hear it, and then you could hear a faint voice, and everyone could hear it, like a kind of like a whisper almost, if you're at the other side of the room, the interpretation. And if I'm right, the interpretation was um, like on the means of lean on me, rest in me. And which that's what a lot of kids struggle with is they don't know what to rest against. They don't know who to lean on. They don't know how to depend on God. They don't only, they've only been fed that you got to get it on your own. You got to do it on your own. That's what a lot of kids struggle with with the youth. But just seeing that hush of the spirit, just controlling that. How could you say God's not real? It's, there's no way to control that crowd. There's no way to control those kids that were screaming in the first service. And wildly, no. The only thing is the spirit that can control those kids like that. And it was just so beautiful seeing in that kind of presence. But um, you got more? Another thing that the district youth director said the next day was he always goes to the back of the room and he tries to, you got 20 to 30% that'll answer the altar call. And then you got all the other little sweeties in back you know, not behaving real well. He said that Monday night, it was 100%. He said, every kid, they might not have been worshiping God with their hands or whatever, but they were quiet as church mice. So it's just great how the Spirit just, it's like God's Spirit just demanded that that night. It was really awesome, and I'm so thankful for the move of the Spirit. Okay, so we can all sit down and So again, um, we would like to say thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for supporting your youth group. This is a church I know that supports the youth, that knows that they're not the youth of tomorrow. They're not the church of tomorrow, but they're the church of now. Yeah. Yeah. 
and <laughs> we are so blessed here. None of those kids had to pay, but only their registration for camp, and that's a huge blessing. That's a yeah. Give yourself a round of applause and give God a round of applause for inspiring people to give. <clears throat> so um, tonight, uh, I got the opportunity to speak. Um, I'm new to this. I'm very new to this. I was going to give you all a preference, but um, I'm going to get straight into it. Um, if you'd like to open your Bibles to Jeremiah 1, chapter 1, we're reading verse 5 through 8, 4 through 8, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but before we do that, I would like to pray over it real quick. God, thank you so much for this night, Father. Thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to come together and to glorify you, Father. God, I pray that you'd use me to all your ability, Father, and let me just be a vessel for your word. We love you, praise you. Amen. <clears throat> so uh, Jeremiah 4 through 8, 1, 4 through 8. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say, and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you, and I'll rescue you, declares the Lord. <clears throat> so the first thing I want to put out there, clean and simple, we're all called. We all have a calling. We all have one all purpose that we share. And what's that purpose? I think it's perfectly defined by Jesus in Matthew 4.19, where we actually see Jesus calling out to Peter and Andrew. This is after the... Um, them getting all the fish and he says follow me and I will make you fishers of men I think that is our general overall purpose first follow Jesus number one follow Jesus follow him second tell the good news about him that's what we've all been called to regardless of what you believe no we have been called to do that we've been called to spread the gospel to everyone spread the good news that's what the Great Commission was all about that's our one command now, you see, this is where we kind of see our individual purposes also. Um, we see this through how we're directed, um, directed by God to fulfill our role in that one shared purpose. And we see this in Jeremiah 1.5, where it says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In this verse, we see that before we are formed in the womb, before we're even thought of, before it, God knew us, he knew what you would be. He knew where you would be. He knew what he was going to plug you into. He knew the people you'd be around, the job you would fulfill. He knew the people that you were going to touch. You were going to touch their lives with his good news, with his love, with Christ's love. He knew everything. He knew it from the beginning. And he put you in that role for a purpose because he knew you would be good in that role. He knew that he could show his power through you. He could empower you in that role. So now what does consecrate mean? I'm not going to lie. That's a big word for me. Consecrate, that's, that's a bigger word for us youth. Um, but what it means is to be set apart. It means to be holy. That's what consecrate means. And God said he consecrated us. So he set us apart from everyone else. No one's going to do it like they did. 
No one's going to be my servant like he's going to be. No one's going to do the thing like she's going to do. No one's going to reach out to those people like she can because she's going to be empowered by me. I'm going to use her in my own way. I'm going to use her in a special way. That's her purpose, her special purpose. If we all have a special purpose, not just the big shared one. No, we all have a shared individual calling. So to this individual side of the call, we see that Jeremiah, he was to be a prophet to the nations. For us, it can be maybe a certain workplace, a community. Maybe you're called to some sort of friends, surroundings. Who knows? <clears throat> Excuse me. Another kind of individual call is what I believe is our daily call, the Holy Spirit. It's directions. The call that we receive when we walk through Walmart, through our daily workplace, or at church, where we are now. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit's direction is also a call. We can answer it, or we can just let it ring. That's all up to us. He sets it out there, that direction for us. It's either we answer the phone, or we let it ring. When he gives us a direction, we're supposed to walk it out. Now, the funny thing about that is that the thing that hurts us most is when we receive these calls, when we get these directions... We just have a little tiny voice in the back of our brain saying, whoa, buddy, whoa, wait a second. So that leads me to my second point, the reluctance to the call, the reluctance to the call. Whenever God or the Holy Spirit directs us to do something, isn't it funny that every time there's a little poke back in our mind, there's just a little automatic thought in our mind that says, hey, wait a minute, whoa, hey, wait a minute, we can't do that. Here in Jeremiah, he also had that same thought. And it immediately came up with an excuse. Jeremiah 1.6, it says, Then I said, Oh, Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. When studying over the word, you can substitute for, because I'm, if I'm looking around, not all of us are youth anymore, but that's okay, because you can substitute that word for experience. You might not have experience in that certain field. He might be directing something in your life that you're thinking, oh, my gosh, that's daunting. That's a lot for me. I don't know if I could do that. And that's when the devil starts poking your mind saying, oh, I don't know if you can do that either. Oh, buddy. Oh, goodness. You, oh, my goodness. That's when the devil will start to be able to capture your mind in a certain way and start poking little thoughts like, how could you do that? How could you reach the lost? How could you lead someone to Christ? You? You know what you did a couple years ago? You know what you did before you got saved? You know what you still do? You still get angry. You still walk that way. But think about those things. The devil reminds us of so much just to get us off of that one call, that one direction, because he knows that one direction can change our life and can change so many others. That could change little moments, can change so many lives. Just showing love to people through Christ change so many lives and yet the devil doesn't want anything to get out he doesn't want anything to get out he wants to discourage you as much as possible to get you off the path to get you away from the direction to get you doubting yourself so much where you're walking away where you're not growing in your relationship that's something in youth they know exactly we've had this kind of we've (laughs) talked about this lately as in if you're not growing just like a plant if you're not growing what are you doing you're dying you're dying If you're not answering the call, well, then you're slowly fading. You're not answering the call. You're not getting closer to God. You're not seeking after him. So you're falling. 
and you're falling until eventually you start falling out of relationship. And that's the worst thing that can happen to us Christians. <clears throat> now, the surprise for Jeremiah with his call, he's called to be a prophet, right? Well, <laughs> Jeremiah, he was born in Anathoth. Anathoth, it was a town outside of Jerusalem. And this town was actually set aside for priests and their families. So Jeremiah this whole time has been thinking, you know what, I'm going to grow up, and then I'm going to become a priest. And then we'll do, we're still working for God. We're still doing good things. But then he had the whole holdup check. Whoa, a what? A prophet to the nations? That's a big step from priest to Jerusalem. A prophet to the nations? That means you're telling people that, hey, something's coming. And it's probably not good. He didn't tell all good things. He wasn't saying revival is coming to this land. No, he was saying this place about to go down. That kingdom, mm-mm, gone. This king, no, he was telling. It wasn't an easy job. <clears throat> but um, so that, think about what the devil was putting in his mind. Oh, I can't speak. I'm too young. He was 20 years old. He was as old as me. And God was telling him he's going to be a prophet to the nations. <clears throat> the doubt that went into his mind is just was so overwhelming. <laughs> the devil just started to try to chip at him. But then we see that God said, mm, no, no, no. Here, listen to me. Listen to me. And which um, we'll see, which is leads me to the third point, the assurance to the call. So far in Scripture, we see that God is calling Jeremiah to be a prophet and Jeremiah is kind of rattling off an excuse like, hey, man, I can't do that. I, I'm too young. I can't, I can't speak that way. I'm not, I'm not going to be, you're not going to be able to use me like that. <clears throat> now we see God come back with verse 7 and 8. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth. For you, to, you, to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. You see, God's telling us we can do it. God's not discouraging us. God's not planting those little ideas in our mind that we can't do it. He's not trying to intimidate us. He's trying to call us to a direction. He wants us. He just wants us to be dependent on him so that it can be his direction. And it won't be empowered by our own power to where it's almost worthless. If it's empowered by him, he can do so many things with it. That's why it might seem like it's going to be hard. That's why it might seem like your calling might be out of your reach. Because the only way to get to it is if you're empowered by Christ. It's the only way to get to it. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I should have drank some water. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but um, so in verse 7 we see, But the Lord said to me, do not say, I'm only youth, for I'll, to all whom I send you, you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. In that verse, we see that in every situation, God's going to direct us. We, we are supposed to be in tune with him. We're supposed to be in tune to the spirit, and that comes through seeking his presence. That's how you get direction from God. It's seeking his presence, going after him. That's how we're going to get in tune. That's how we're going to receive that direction. Without, without seeking him, it would just be our own thoughts. And then it would probably be something else leading us in different directions that would be destroying things instead of building stuff up. <clears throat> We're supposed to be in tune with his Holy Spirit. That is so important. That is so important. I'm glad. I'm so glad 
that we have a youth, we have a church that's in tune with the Holy Spirit, that's been listening to the Holy Spirit, and that wants to seek after the Holy Spirit. Mm, it's so good. I'm so happy that we're a church like that. <clears throat> now, I love verse 8. I love verse 8, which says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. <laughs> Why are we afraid of them? Why are we afraid of rubbing someone the wrong way by speaking out? Why are we afraid of, <clears throat> of showing the love of Christ to others? That's simple. Just the love of Christ. Just, yeah. just being nice. Yeah. That's, that's all we need. That's just the first start. That's what they need. There's so many kids, so many youth that are just grabbing at streams, changing things about them. Why do you think kids change their sexuality? It's because they don't feel accepted. Right. And that don't, you know why they don't feel accepted? Because God's not in them. They're trying to fill a void that there's nothing to fill. There's nothing you can use to fill. They're going to change their sexuality, and they're going to change this, and they're going to change what they think about themselves. They're going to change. They're going to try drugs. They're going to try alcohol. They're going to try all kinds of things, but the only thing that can fill that void is Christ. And yet we look at them and let them pass by. That's, it's the hardest thing, just showing them love. Just show them love. That's what they're missing. That's what they're desiring. They're waiting for someone to be there for them. And then they'll see that Christ is there for them. Christ is dependable. He's going to be there throughout your days. That's what they grab onto and they run to because they love that. They love holding on to something. And God's there waiting out, holding their hand, just waiting for them. But we're sending them, passing them by because we're not showing them love. We're not following the direction of the Holy Spirit. We're not following the call that's in our hearts. We're letting the phone ring. We're letting the phone ring. We got to answer that call. We got to answer that call. The Holy Spirit's directing us. We just got to follow the directions. We just got to follow the directions. We just have to trust in him and answer the call. Ooh. Now, uh, Dennis, if you'd like to come up and play. Please. <clears throat> now, God, he's given us all a purpose. He's all given us a special purpose, uh, uh, calling out and giving us directions as we walk through our life. <clears throat> Maybe you're here tonight. And maybe you feel like you don't have a purpose. Maybe you feel like you're just drifting in the wind. Maybe you feel like you're just loose and just out here, just living life, waiting for nothing. I want to tell you someone that will give you a purpose. I want to tell you someone about someone, a man, that will love you so much and will hold on to you for the rest of time, for the rest of eternity. That man's Jesus. He loves you so much, and he desires to have a relationship with you. <laughs> he loves you so much. If you're seeking after love, he's there. If you're seeking after dependability, he's there. He's the most dependable man I know. He answers all my prayers. He leads me, in, <laughs> he leads me through the darkness, throughout my enemies. If everyone will bow their heads and close their eyes. Maybe that is you. Maybe you feel like you need direction. Maybe you feel lost in this dark world and it feels like it's just swallowing you. Christ is here. Jesus is here. He's waiting for you. He loves you so much. If that's you and you want a relationship with Christ, it's just me and you. No one else. No one's looking around. If you'll raise your hand. Okay. Now, 
we're going to do the salvation. If everyone will repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and in need of a Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Jesus, I want to make you Lord over my life. Please come into my heart and save me. Amen. I'll tell you what, right now there's a party in heaven. There's a party in heaven. They're rejoicing and we're rejoicing too. We're happy about it. Yeah, clap your hands. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Now we are going to have some time of prayer. Um, we're going to enter a time of prayer. Um, I'll pray that you go to the Lord. Just ask him for direction. Whatever it is, in your workplace, at home, I pray that you'll seek guidance and have the willingness to follow. You can come to the altars or make a place at your seat.